And you are listening to Love's a Secret Weapon podcast. Well, listeners, welcome back to Love's a Secret Weapon podcast. I'm Dr. Adam Jirachi. As we round out 2023, Donna and I are joined on this episode by our special guest, author, journalist, and podcaster, Natalie Zett. Natalie is the author of Flower in the River, A Family Tale Finally Told, a work of historical fiction that draws on Natalie's real-life family history. A narrative set in the present and the past, it tells the story of intergenerational trauma and the ties that bind us across generations. At the centre of the story is the death of Natalie's real-life great-aunt, Martha Pfeiffer, who perished in 1915 on the SS Eastland, a ship docked on the Chicago River. Despite the loss of 844 passengers and crew, that story has largely been untold and relegated to history. Natalie's introduction to the story of her great art was itself like a detective novel that she had to piece together in order to bring out of the shadows this story. As Natalie has said in her writing, the quest for ancestral knowledge often dovetails into an exploration of the self. It's a profound realisation that the forces that shape those before us continue to pulse through our very veins. Natalie feels that through the process of researching our history, as she writes, these emotions spanning generations serve as a bridge, linking us to our ancestors in a deeply personal way. Their dreams, battles and hopes resonate with our own, powerfully reminding us that at the core, the human experience remains unchanged. We really believe in understanding our past to move forward in the present, and so Donna and I were delighted to talk it over with Natalie and to find out how our podcast inspired Natalie to start her own Flower in the River, the podcast, available on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Happy listening. I'm 
Hello, Natalie. Oh, Hi. Oh my gosh. Okay, I have to just fan. Let Welcome. me just fan fan girl out just for a moment. <laughs> I'm good. I can't believe this. Thank you, guys. You're so oh, kind. It's wonderful, honey. How's, this how's is the, this is a time to share stories. Well, you are such a storyteller, ma'am. And boy, I tell you, you've inspired this woman to just do it. You know. I am so happy to hear that you took the initiative. You know, for our listeners on Love's a Secret Weapon podcast, this is Natalie, and Natalie has been inspired by our kind of methodology of telling stories and reading my memoir, and then, of course, Dr. Garache coming in and um, analyzing everything with me and um, talking it over. How? What is your procedure that when you when you decided to write? A memoir, or did you, uh, or uh, is it an autobiography or a biography, no. or what is it, it? Well, basically, I've already been uh, Donna, a journalist for lots of years, and mm. I, I was handed, um, I mean, all kinds of things. I've always been involved in the creative arts in one way or the other, and but my main thing has been writing. But about mm, right after my dad died in '96, '97, around that time, my mother's sister, who I thought was dead in Chicago sent me this huge bio on Whoa. this branch of the family. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and so I was already writing and I didn't know, I mean, I, I've listened to your family stories, so I know you understand about splintered families. And this one was both my parents had severe traumas with awful things happen with both their two, you know, their parents, respective parents. And so I got this story and I was fairly not estranged from my immediate family, but I, I left Cleveland because you do a Randy Newman song, Cleveland, city, city of, lights. of lights, city of magic, burn on okay. big river. Oh dear. Cuyahoga river burn on. Don and I are going to do a, a CD and we're going to, the greatest Absolutely. now Donna, you got to do polka varieties for me. Okay. I mean, it's polka time folks. Anyway, sorry. Um, making fun of my ethnicity again. Here I go. But yeah, we are just a fun bunch. So yeah, the river caught on fire. The city went bankrupt. And then I moved from there. I went to school in Ann Arbor, but I was living in inner city Detroit for a while. So that was interesting as well. But I had to get away from my immediate family and when I was younger. And I moved up to St. Paul. And just because I didn't know anybody here. So I thought, and I thought this grooving along, but then dad died. And it just upended my world we were closer by then all of us and then this document came from my mom's supposedly dead sister and I'm reading this thing and one of the first things I saw was that my grandmother who died when my mom was three this other sister of my grandmother's who died when she was 19 on a Mm. shipwreck Mm -hmm. that killed 844 people and I thought now I I grew up with Chicago envy, Donna and Dr. Adam. Yeah. So I, and I knew everything about Chicago. I mean, gangsters and all this other cool stuff. I thought, why can't I live in a cool city? Um, <laughs> and, and, and I'd been to Chicago a number of times and I always felt the familiarity with mm-hmm. it, but a shipwreck that killed 844 in 1915 and very few people knew about it. And that was, that was the first part of the shock. My dad's dad, I'm dealing with this. I was like, who am I? And then the mm-hmm. second thing that was equally shocking was when I started looking for other people because I'm a journalist. I thought mm-hmm. I got to find somebody who might have known about this and whatever. I started seeing other names. And long story short, my great great grandmother 
she immigrated to a little village about an hour and a half from where I had moved. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you're saying, yeah, it's, it was that kind of thing. So all of a sudden, it was one of those things. I don't know if you guys ever watched the old Charmed um, series, but mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a scene where, where the first sister, um, Shannon Doherty's character is killed off and then you open to the next set of episodes, I think season three or four, and there's another sister because they have to have another sister to reconstitute mm-hmm. the power of three. And this girl doesn't know who mm-hmm. she is. She's in this office and then this newspaper clipping of this obituary plops down out of where, nowhere. And she she's working in an office. She picks up her coat and purse and she says, I have to go. And it was kind of like that. But mm-hmm. then I thought, well, I guess I've got to go to Chicago. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, um, it was a research project at first, but it soon turned into, oh, I, I don't want to say an obsession, but it was like it got under my skin. Mm-hmm. And I thought, this woman is the key to something or other. You were drawn and to you just, okay. And you had to, like, you had to put this down pen and paper and then um recently start your own podcast telling the story well what i did was it took a long time to put the story together don and dr adam because there was so little known about it and then i I never wanted to write a book okay and i never really wanted to do a memoir i still don't want to do that because no one would believe some of this stuff but this seemed really important and i thought i thought there was a third thing that happened too. I found out that my grandmother who worked for Western Electric and mm-hmm. people who, who don't know, Western Electric was the big you know, telephone conglomerate and communications, everything. Western Electric was the Silicon Valley of the 1900s and then probably until you know, 1920s, 30s, wherever. And that's where my grandmother worked. And mm-hmm. she had tickets to this, this yearly picnic and she gave them to her sister. And that's how I sister ended sister. up on the on the Eastland was the name of the boat. Yes, all these yeah. people. Yeah, this the ship was already problematic, and I'm just doing an. I just translated a whole bunch of articles from the Polish newspaper at the time mm-hmm. in 1915, and the images are even more horrific. And I don't think anyone's ever seen them, and they're going to see them now. So mm. I thought enough of the secrecy, enough of not talking about this. This is just, and it affects all of us. So it's like it's led me to all these these things. But what I realized. Um, Don and Dr. Adam is if my grandmother got on that thing mm-hmm. with 844 people with our family luck we, none of us would be here mm-hmm. I thought I owe you one mm-hmm. and I've never felt obligated to my family before mm-hmm. but I thought it it literally changed the way I thought about everything and so in a sense, I became like the, I learned how to, you know, I, I didn't really know. I knew how to research. I knew how to write, but um, this kind of writing, I didn't know. And it seemed as if, here's where it got a little spooky. The first time I went down to Chicago, I, I, it's about a seven hour drive from Minneapolis, St. Paul. And I thought, well, I'm just going to break up the, the, the drive. And I stayed in a hotel in Wisconsin and things started happening in the hotel. Mm-hmm. like noises and weird things and mm-hmm. stuff like that and having i'm on a backpedal having grown up with my my dad's side was my favorite side they were we're let's see romani ashkenazi jewish carpathia russian which is yeah. also what um andy warhol is and so we are that's a fun bunch they're always telling fortunes contacting mm-hmm. the dead all this stuff mm-hmm. so i grew up with that but i thought you know i had a hard enough time with life i thought i don't need this this weird stuff on on my plate either but i thought oh my god it's, I, I remembered it from when I was a child. I thought, oh my God, this was happening to me now. And I thought, what did I do? But I thought I've got to see this through. And so I drove down to Chicago 
to try to find a grave in a cemetery I had never been to before. Mm. I parked and I had no idea what I was going to do. It was Labor Day weekend and I thought, how am I going to find my aunt's grave? And I, I walked around for 45 minutes and then I came back to my car and I didn't realize I'd parked right in front of it. Wow. So mm-hmm. stuff like that was happening. Yeah. And again, I know you guys don't know me, but this is not how I, I tried to appear fakey, sophisticated, you know, to try to, so people will take me somewhat seriously. Yeah. But I thought, I mean, I just, it was just like, there were so many things yeah. like that. You're just spilling the naked truth, in Natalie. You know? <laughs> Thank you, dear Don. I, I know that you know about that. And, you and, can't, it was, and you, it was like secrets are just, you know, secrets are not mm. um, the truth, you know, is really what we're striving for. And I think, you know, that's what's given you the courage to, to mm. actually not, not, you know, just to take this journey and to trust it and to, you know, mm. Adam and I talk about surrender quite a bit, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and just surrendering to, you know, how you feel in your heart and trust your guides um, that mm-hmm. are invisible, but listening to your, your inner voice and, mm-hmm. and letting, letting that take you where you need to go and trusting it all the way through a crazy hotel that's make. <laughs> listen sister we're we may not have ever met but you have a sister and brother right here look at us down here This we know better than that. Only ignorance shall destroy us. Some are out of control. Most of us are wanderers. Which way will we go? Which way will we go? quiet voice inside you listen to your heart when you are lonely telling you which way to go should I turn right should I turn left we've all the answers inside us should I turn right I should I turn left you've all the answers inside
in your throat Tell you something it wants to say I know it hurts, it doesn't have to listen to your You know, I, I know that I was thinking about you and I thought, what is it about this woman? Um, I mean, besides the fact my dad used to say you were the only one who could sing in the beach movies. OK, so that one, that one can sing. And he wasn't wrong about that. But but when I saw you again years later, this is how I found your podcast. I thought, what is it about this woman's voice? I mean, I grew up kind of around the entertainment field with my dad being a performer but it was something uh, emotional yeah yeah he was you were doing hank williams you referred to hank williams quite quite a mm -hmm. bit my dad was of that vintage and he would do hank williams songs on his radio show mm -hmm. back in the 50s yeah in in johnstown pennsylvania and my dad was the only i think the only singing rusin slovak cowboy ever so my dad just we're, we're an inventive crew we just make up stuff so he had a radio show but he was also weird, and I inherited his hearing, unfortunately. So there's certain things I, I respond to, but it was the emotional quality of your voice. And it was also, you were what, 15, 16. And I mm -hmm. also wondered what you brought in with you, not just to have that voice, but also to survive your life. Because I've listened to your podcast and I thought, holy smokes. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, and to be so generous and wonderful the, the way you are to people, to all of us. Well, you're, you mm -hmm. know, I mean, I think the three of us in this moment um, mm -hmm. are examples of opening up and mm -hmm. um, allowing the stories, not just from our lives, but from our ancestors to unfold. Mm -hmm. And it's part, to me anyway, Natalie and, and Dr. Adam, mm -hmm. it's part of... Uh, excuse me, but I'm going to just say for the last, you know, several thousand years of patriarchal mm. dominance of mm. this, this, this systematic control of fragmenting, you know, um, <laughs> each one of our beings coming in mm. with, with a capacity to love and to listen and to be productive and to be creative and to be co-creative mm. and connected with spirit and mm. you know to be in love with life and suddenly this you know this energy like came in like a deep fog to um to put a damper on our ability to um find that holism that's that's within all of us so here we've mm. been for so many generations, many, many, many generations of fragmentation. And there's an energy out there now that's helping us connect the dots, connect the pieces. You know, I've often mm -hmm. seen, you know, my life as 
pieces of puzzles that don't quite fit and they're starting to touch on all the edges Mm -hmm. and you know the Mm -hmm. cracks are coming together and um course that's a Leonard Cohen song but anyway oh yes, uh-huh. yes it is. <laughs> you know the the idea of holism is um something that goes beyond you know uh, veganism or or you know any kind of organic lifestyle it's really about coming together and feeling whole within yourself and trusting so incredibly so implicitly that you can say the truth without judgment, without fear. And, you know, and the mystery of life starts making sense because suddenly you don't have this, 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 this lack of connection to, you know, the beyond and to source and, you know, and, and to this earth, which, you know, helps the old, um, you know, patriarchal society to control us. So, you know, this is what we're going through now. And I think that's what's giving the three of us. And hopefully, Mm -hmm. I believe the majority of all life on this planet, you know, whether you speak, and I'm hoping that um, many more people will have the courage to speak their truth rather than to know their truth and to keep it within and be silent. Wow. That's a, yes, ma'am. Keep that's reach a, on. That's a lot to unpack. And <laughs> as, that's good. As Donna, as you were speaking, I, I was wondering, Natalie, when you talk about your this family story, the story of your mm-hmm. great aunt Martha, mm-hmm. um, who mm-hmm. was who was on the Eastland ship, mm-hmm. why? Uh, before we get into the family intricacies, why do you think, mm-hmm. from your research, that this ship we don't know about most of us have never heard of this that's 844 people mm-hmm. in 1915 mm-hmm. three years after the titanic but yet we mm-hmm. i was never aware of this until i came across your podcast and your book called mm-hmm. flower in the river why why was it covered up or at least forgotten was it deliberately forgotten do you know i don't know that there's you know for the last 25 years dr adam and donna i have been trying to figure this out the easy the easy thing to say is that um the class of people that was on most, my, all, all four of my grandparents were from Eastern Europe and they immigrated here, you know, the late, late 1800s, early 1900s. Mm-hmm. They were laborers. You know, grandpa mm-hmm. was a coal miner and he died and great grandpa was scalded and mm-hmm. all this. I mean, so basically it's like we, we were throwaway people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of it. I, I don't want to um, say that that's entirely it, but had, had someone quote unquote, noteworthy, been mm. on board, wealthy, mm. been on board. But these were people who, the other thing that's happened, when I, when I was reading the Polish newspapers and translating them, mm. what I read was they were, these people were threatened with losing their jobs. They had to go on this this picnic in order to you create a photo op and create publicity for Western Electric. So right. also too, there was that oppressed nature of the thing. And honestly, I think, Western Electric, you know, handed out money afterwards, but I think they didn't want the publicity. And then what was happening in Europe at the time, precursor to World War One, mm. there were a lot of things. But but for for those people, my one of my, my mom's sister said, "What what could they have done, Natalie?" I said, "Why didn't they protest?" Because I'm always you know out there, <laughs> running my mouth and stuff like that. And but she said they didn't have. There were no workers' rights. There were no. I mean, there was a lot of you know labor movement going on. 
but they really didn't have any choice other than to keep working the survivors. And what I'm doing now is just looking at these families who don't have anyone to speak for them and just saying, okay, guys, girls, which one of you wants me to do a little profile about you? Wow. And your life? Because it, yeah, I mean, I've got a headache from doing all that Polish stuff, but by the same mm. token, it's worth it because they really nail it. They talk about, Donna, you're talking about truth. These people go for it. And I thought, I hope my podcast doesn't get banned because I'm going to read what they wrote. And they were unflinching and they just they just let them have it with both barrels. Well, and it's like, you know, we we matter, you know, you just you just keep um, putting it out there. And um, yes, ma'am. You know what I'm saying? You just you just keep telling the truth and aligning with that. And um, mm -hmm. whomever joins with you, you know, um, mm -hmm. will hopefully be supported by the universe and and if you and if you take some blows you know there's always lessons always <laughs> right oh absolutely no it's and i'm used to that as well I, and I know, you know i mean recently i've been oh boy <laughs> i've hmm. been taking a deep dive into you know shadow work and hmm, yes. uh, and getting to kind of a kind of a threshold of starting to you know like the players that are that are obvious in your life and and then the mm -hmm. ones that are kind of faceless but there's an energy and there might be a name from Ooh, the, yeah. you know from somewhere mm -hmm. in your history and mm -hmm. whatever energy they've had that has felt um a form of persecution or a condemnation mm -hmm. i you know i'm starting to line them up and look at their faces etherically mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. say thank you good it's interesting when we're talking about that idea of these generations just as you were saying that Donna I was thinking of this idea and we've spoken about this before and and particularly Natalie what you're saying this mm -hmm. idea of where your ancestors came from as well and what they would have experienced and Donna you've spoken about that too and certainly my family mm -hmm. came from nothing in in Italy they were they were very mm -hmm. poor and people carry through generations those those stories as well as those experiences and whether we want to call that an intergenerational trauma or something like that. Is that Absolutely. something, Natalie, that you're particularly, um, I guess, resonate with as part of your work in researching um, both your ancestors' situation but also in writing your book, Flower in the River, which is a story. It's a, it's, uh, it draws on your experience, of course, and this experience of the Eastland ship but it also is a family story. Do you relate to that idea of, of oh, absolutely things forward that our ancestors are, we, we've got the same blood as them. That's running through, through them. I think you wrote absolutely. that in a couple of your pieces. Yeah. No, you're, I mean, very perceptive. You're right. I think that we, I didn't believe it before, but when I saw, mm. I, it made my mother make sense. It made the whole, the whole fragmented life made, make sense. My, my grandmother who gave her the tickets, she died when my mom was just three. And then mm. they said of a broken heart and guilt. Yeah. And yep. so it's just like it traveled down and my mother didn't have a mother yet. She was actually, even though we used to get into it, she was an amazing mother mm. and and that, but that trauma came down, you know, through us. And then my dad's father was injured badly in a mining accident so badly that they couldn't treat the gangrene properly. And his pain was so bad that he hung himself. Oh, and oh wow. So the first time he yeah. tried to do it, my dad and his brother found him. So my dad had that. So my dad had no father. Yeah. Um, and again, the, the, the Slovak population at that point in Johnstone, Pennsylvania, we're talking poor. Okay. Mm. Um, 
they took they had these fraternal organizations uh, that would you know take care for the for the other people, but there was nothing. So dad was in bad shape. That's why he picked up the guitar and would sell himself as a singer mm. and a cowboy. And it was like, oh my God, dad. But but I have that too. It's like, yeah, I can do that. Um, there's this weird confidence that we have too that comes out of that trauma because the trauma forced, I think it forced our hand. And certainly with this situation with my aunt, I realized she might be dead, but she is not silent. And mm. she's been pushing me, I think, probably for most of my life. And also the thing about talking back to the trauma and talking back to the tragedy. Mm. And I thought, as long as I'm alive, I'm going to bring bring a light on this thing, whatever it is. And ironically, my aunt and the others from the Eastlander, many of them are buried in a place called Justice, Illinois, outside ah. of Chicago. <laughs> the irony of it. Perfect, and I thought, really. yeah, yeah, so all I can do, like Donna has been doing and you've been doing, tell these stories why, hello, I'm Natalie Zett, and welcome to Flower in the River. Flower in the River is a podcast about a book I wrote of the same name. And that book is about the Eastland disaster that took place in 1915 in Chicago and how that long-ago tragedy affected my family for generations I'll talk about writing and family history and what you do when the supernatural comes into your life when you're innocently doing a family history research project. Come on and let's have some fun with this. I'm so glad you guys do this because that'll resonate. As a genealogist, it's like we're all future dead people, right? Long <laughs> after we're not here. I love that. That's we're great. not here. <laughs> That's your story will live on. And it's not just, oh, I mean, the, the celebrity is uh, uh, just amazing. Your talent is beyond. But it's the fact that you're able to take all that yuck that happened to you and turn it into this, like a, a really, a, I hate to say it because it's a cliche, but a, a beacon of light. And it's healing, it was healing for me because I was going through a lot when I was putting the book out, my mom had just died. And I was holding on to that podcast of yours. I thought, uh, maybe I need to do a podcast about my book because I was on a lot of podcasts, including Coast to Coast, and people were interested in the book. Oh. And I thought, why? <laughs> I mean, I really, I didn't think anybody, I didn't write it. To, I don't like attention, actually. I'm not, my father, just like, I'll get on stage and do my thing, but then please don't talk to me. I don't want to, you know, I'm really introverted. I am. And, but it's like the, the thing has a life of its own. And, and one of my closest friends gave it to her dad as he was dying and it provided comfort. And I thought it's, it's unleashed in the world. That's all I can say. And it's got a life of its own. And I am now the curator of this thing. Mm. and I have no idea my, my aunt always who was killed always wanted to travel all over the world and every time I check the stats on on Squarespace as to where it's going it's it's been all over the world
and it's just like so I, and it has, doesn't make yeah, sense to me <laughs> you've given her that that life that she couldn't have and perhaps your book reaches people because it is a fundamental story that while you've, you've used the, the backdrop of of this disaster it's ultimately mm. a family family story and I think what you're saying about Donna's story this idea of mm-hmm. that connecting with you because ultimately that's yeah. also a story of of uh, as Donna was saying coming out of the shadows and understanding ourselves mm-hmm. and, and making friends with those um, it's interesting um, Donna that you were saying that because as as you know I, I had a, a good friend in Chicago um, April oh Fender, absolutely Robert. Mm. Yeah, Professor Rosalind Cartwright, who lived to be yes. 98, um, mm-hmm. and she she did dream research. So her her research was oh. about looking at how we process what's going on in the day at at night time. And she used to have a dream from the time she was a young girl. It, she had this um, harlequin. So a you know like a, what what would you call a harlequin for people? Like a, almost like a clown. But yes. Not quite. Yeah, yeah, a clown. Yeah, like the, yeah. the two sided with the dark and light and that sort of Yes. Yeah, and okay, she would it, have okay. that and and throughout her life that that figure continued to be in her dreams and when she was a child it was kind of a mischievous um you know figure kind of a forewarning or something and then as she sort of became an adult it was it was this um uh, figure I guess who would sometimes taunt her when she was having dreams about her work because she felt she she was you know a woman in a very man-centric um you know world and but at the end of her life, she, she had been with that figure all her life. And at, towards the end of her life, in like I think the last year or so, in her dreams, that Harlequin was no longer that person kind, that figure trying to bring her down. But it had actually made friends with her and it had actually mm-hmm. become almost like a friend that it had taken a lifetime, but mm-hmm. she had been out of whatever had happened, she had worked through that so that this, this, this figure of fear didn't have to be anymore. Yeah. Mm. Whoa. That's so powerful. I mean, you're talking about the shadow, Donna and Dr. Adam. I mean, I did a lot of Jungian studies when I was an undergrad. And one of my my writer friends just wrote a book about the shadow. And it's really, it's good. He's bringing this stuff back. But you're right. It is important to make friends with the tragedy, to make friends with even some of these you've had and I've had in my life where it's like, what is the purpose of you? But it's just like, if not to serve as a bad example, but they also are... Um, a way to it's like I don't want to be that I want to be mm. this and to, uh, go toward you know what what you guys are doing what I'm trying to do and also the world is in quite a state right now so I don't think it's any coincidence that you're doing what you're doing or for example that I'm doing what I'm doing because it took me a long enough time to get this book out there because it took that long to try to find the right timing and everything um, but I think it's the time is now for these things so might be another star in this family's constellation In the land of the midnight sun Searching for gold I am my father's daughter He has his mother's eyes I am the product of her sacrifice I am the accumulation of the dreams generations and their stories live in me like oh you're. I am my father's daughter and I think that you know Adam when you talk about trauma being um, a kind of a catalyst you know to or an impetus to take you in a more um mm, healing direction Mm -hmm. 
Mm. You know, it, it actually, it actually is. And may I um, just share recently, um, just before this um, Middle East conflict blew up, Mm. um, I found myself, you know, having very high fever and, um, Mm. and it was like, where did this come from? And then, uh, you know, all kinds of symptoms that would be flu-like or whatever. And I'm still recovering. It's been over a month. But what happened? There's always a blessing in, you know, in these, in disguise. That's how I see it. If you're willing Mm -hmm. to go through the trauma and this Mm -hmm. war and the Ukraine war triggered Mm -hmm. a huge kind of like an earthquake inside me, opening me up to more in-depth you know, um, experiences that have made themselves very comfortable. And that's, Mm. that's what happens. Um, If you if you are, you know, have a busy life and or you fall into distractions, but then something comes along and and strikes such a true note. And, and what happened is, through the trauma of this recent uprising and the Russian, you know, because my ancestry is from that region. Mm-hmm. Um, these, these triggers um, have, have actually freed me because with whatever awareness, with ever, with whatever physical um, debilitation that happens, that makes you, and we talk about this, you know, if you don't volunteer stillness, something happens to cause you to be still if, you know, if it's time to process something internally. And, you know, Adam, the empathy was past mm. um, the million meter. You know, mm. it was so high. The empathy for people, innocent people being killed mm. and, um, you know, death. That's part of this whole healing journey is allowing yourself you know, to go through this shadow. In fact, to talk about Jung, you know, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's imperative to face mm-hmm. the shadows of all these different archetypes that, that we have. What does he say? Over a hundred and allow yourself to go through it. But <laughs> one of the most recent podcasts, I think, Adam, you were saying, you know, how do you give yourself time? You know, and, you know, in, in, in your busy life running mm. a department <laughs> at a university <laughs> and, Ooh. and, and, wow. you know, and all of us doing what we need to do. But, you know, this is a time to seriously go in. And I love the idea, not, not even the idea, but just the, um, gosh, I'm not even sure how it's a, it's like a spiritual thing that happens when when you put pen to paper and what comes mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. you know like you're mm-hmm. saying the voices from the past come through on the paper and then you know your story your, has specific details but it's relatable and and this is yours and <laughs> you know and it's yeah. kind of like when i lived in hawaii um you know there was mm-hmm. this principle you could not get, <laughs> you could not defy it there's porches you know, Hawaiian people have porches and they have chairs on their porches and usually a, an ukulele standing by. And I oh, am wow. telling you, you cannot 
be too busy to stop and talk story. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I used to go to a post office to get my mail on the big island, and I'd go down to the post office and know that I'd have to invest at least an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> because everybody has a story, and and that's the mm-hmm. beauty in it, you know, is to take time to listen to that story, and then you relate. Mm, and that's all family stories, isn't it? I mean, Natalie, when you talk about these family stories, I mean, obviously the, the one we're talking about has got its, its, its tragedy to it, but mm-hmm. every family has these stories. And I think that genealogy oh, yeah. work that you do and Don, what you're talking about, about that empathy for whether it's what we consider past lives or, or past generations or uh, whoever else, that mm-hmm. when we do engage with stories, I think that's an exercise in empathy, really. It it melts away in many ways the particulars of the fact that people lived 100 years before us because fundamentally relationships are similar. Um, what people want is is fundamentally the same because we're all human and, and so we can, we can um, as much as possible, try to enter into that perspective, I guess. Mm-hmm. Natalie, do you find that with your genealogy work? Oh, yeah. Well, definitely. And I was thinking when, when um, it absolutely, it's just, it connects you. But I wanted, Donna, there was something you said, and it was, I forget what exactly sentence you said, but I thought, did the writing for you, I mean, I know what this writing has done for me. Did writing and starting to share your memoir, did that change you at all? Did that change how you thought about your life? Um, you talked about putting pen to paper. That's what it was. Mm. Did anything happen to you? Well, obviously, um, you know, a, a relationship blossomed, a collaboration between Dr. Adam and I. You know, that was mm-hmm. magic. No, magic. Who was orchestrating mm-hmm. that one? You know? Yes, how did that all happen? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and, and then, um, you know, so so we're not strangers. You know, it's just that, it's kind of, you know, the light has its, has its course of action. And, and so 20, 25, gosh, I can't remember, more than 20 years ago, mm. Dr. Adam and I connected. And, and, oh, wow. and I, you know, and, and I was just in a place, I guess, in my life and that I knew I had to really go deep. And, um, and, you know, I think the pen to paper is a, it's totally magic. You know, it, mm-hmm. I never know what's going to come through, you know, unless I'm transcribing something, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, but, um, you know, there, there's just so much information coming in. And I really just have to say that, you know, apparently the harmonic conversion in 1987 is when it began and then the Mayan shift, the Mayan calendar in 2012, you know, brought it to another peak. And now the starting of the Aquarian age is, is you know, illuminating this amount of uh, incredible divine light coming in. And, um, you know, it's, it's really amazing uh, when you're receptive to it. And, uh, you know, and I know that, it, you know, some people talk about, you know, the Christ um, energy that that's coming in and that's been 
talked about through religion, but now energetically, you know, since I really don't um, align with any kind of dogma, I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just feeling the Christ energy, the true Christ energy so strongly that, mm-hmm. you know, what life is really all about and what life can be when we visualize it, when, when we are so convicted in our belief that, you know, life can be beautiful. That's why we're here. And, um, and I'll just share one tiny little thing. I've got these windows in my living room. And <laughs> when, when I moved to Arizona, you know, I'm living, I'm living somewhere that's just the antithesis of, you know, being an ocean girl. And I'm like, Mm-hmm. living in the heart of the desert and in the mountains <laughs> so so the other day I'm looking out the window out to this whole mountain in front of me and my husband and I counted 15 what they're called is Kuda Monday mm. is an animal that I just learned about that's from the raccoon family and it looks like a lamer but it's got this little pointy face and it's got this mm. big, flat, furry body and a very long tail. The whole thing is probably four feet long. And it's, excuse me, really low to the ground. And mm. 15 of them, baby, mama, papa size, just kind of, you know, waddling up this mountain, which is about a thousand feet from where I am all the way up. And they're just following some trail that I'm sure that they followed for how many, how many centuries, (laughs) you know, and it's like the wonder of life in places all over this planet that still exist, you know, it's such a blessing. So, you know, then, you know, suddenly all the pieces like, you know, you're, you put together about your family and there's still mm-hmm. unknown and mm-hmm. you know and and it's this incredible mystery and i think you know and i as you're telling your story i'm thinking about you know robert kennedy jr right now who you know has lived with the um incredible trauma of witnessing his father's death and and mm-hmm. his uncle's assassination and having to live with, you know, with that, when I was in Dallas and, you know, yes. was part of that assassination, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I have never recovered. I and, believe it. Yep. And, and I think anyone that at that time and knows exactly where they were when it happened and how they feel and they store that in their heart and in their memory.
So the pencil to the paper or the pen to the paper and the magic of what that pen is, my favorite is a month long. And And there's something something about pen and paper versus computer. I mean, I like a computer for what you can edit and how you can move things around. But that actual physical act of of writing is... um, you know, I mean, there's there's psychotherapeutic uh, sort of tools around that about expressive mm-hmm. writing and, and the power of that. But it does remind me of this kind of idea of not only sharing stories to relate to people, to connect with people, but in, in sharing a story of our, or, or our own story, we, uh, this is the whole point of this podcast, I think, is, mm-hmm. is to understand mm-hmm. things better. That ultimately, Donna, I think in you writing your story, it was as much to help people as it was to, I guess, and, and tell me if I'm wrong here, but to to understand your own experiences so that you could continue to move forward so the past Mm -hmm. is used as a tool to understand yourself but to also move forward well right on (laughs) because yes hey hey professor (laughs) (laughs) you know i completely i completely you know trusted you beyond well i wouldn't say beyond um my current husband but you know it's it's like when you okay you put the pen to paper and and maybe you're in a room. Is that how you do it alone, Natalie? Oh, uh, no, actually, my my handwriting is so horrible that I do the computer thing or I, or I talk into an application because okay. I'm slow, you know, and but that's but um, but, but you there do is it alone? something still. Oh, absolutely. I don't. Yeah, I don't do any. This is not a communal thing. It has to be alone. Mm-hmm. And also too mm-hmm. to just listen to what. Like when I was like in, introducing myself to some new dead people, you know, when I was doing some research, I thought, okay, what do you guys want? <laughs> well, that's how I do it. It's like dead people. What? What? Who? Who wants to come front and center? And who wants their story told? Mm. And I have to be quiet. I mean, I'm silly about it because it is kind of odd. But I thought mm. I can usually get a feel. I don't know, Donna, Doctor Adam. There's a physical. I go mm-hmm. right away. Let me that that one. This one. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and, I, and then the story unfolds and then but generally I do I I type it out or I get out and then when I walk and talk then I come back and transcribe mm. yeah mm-hmm. and the tools that we have now because oh, when we God, started yes. writing it was it was a terrible internet connection and and you know it was very mm-hmm. you know rudimentary and and now you know everything we've got to be able to get those Mm -hmm. stories out is is quite amazing really but really really you know I completely had a such a different experience than you Natalie I mean talking Mm. to dead people absolutely (laughs) I understand that you know uh, spirits spirits show up you know and um you know and they're very tangible but um to Mm. collaborate with someone and, you know, make your, you know, open to that vulnerability, you know, mm-hmm. where, you know, where it, I truly believe that um, it takes a different kind of an attitude, you know, because it's, it can be very painful. And, you Absolutely. know, and, mm-hmm. and so many of us, um, as we've spoken before, Adam, you know, mm. you don't really have the capacity to deal with the pain. Mm. And mm. so you mm-hmm. reach a point where it's like, yeah, you, you just avoid it. You push it down. It stays with you and, you know, and it can create disease and all kinds of discomfort. This was bubbling up 
Mm-hmm. And like a volcano, and it needed to come out, but it mm-hmm. needed to come out in conversation. I mm-hmm. wanted to share my life. And mm-hmm. Adam was there and Jared, my husband, both of mm-hmm. them were there like bookends to support me in my journey mm-hmm. through this emotionally. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, you know, and this has been going on for years, years and years mm-hmm. and years. Um, mm-hmm. It's so amazing to me, like, you know, people that are, gosh, they're quite young and they write their first memoir, you know, mm-hmm. if they're very young, successful people and they decide to write there and they would have to write a half a dozen memoirs because you know they're going exactly. they're going incrementally you know every decade and and, mm-hmm. and writing about i waited until i was in my you know swing in 60s and you know and that took five <laughs> five years of constant collaboration with dr adam and and with Jennifer. Mm, okay yeah Five okay. years and and quite a few years before that, you know, just unraveling things with my husband you know, over mm-hmm. tea every morning. I mean, sometimes it would be half an hour and sometimes it would be three hours. You never know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's it's, and the outcome is beautiful. Just so you know, there's a way where both of you are so accessible and you, you, you make me, you made me feel like I could do this too, which makes in some ways no sense because, you know, you are who you are and but I thought there is a way where you build bridges and not everybody mm-hmm. does that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's extraordinary. And it's, again, so uplifting and not just, gee, it makes me feel good, but gee, it makes me work, you know? And I think that's, that's a lot of it. It's that's, working. That's the new energy as well. You know, it's an mm-hmm. unspoken energy that's coming in, you know, this energy of unity is coming mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. And 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 ta- and tapping into our resources as as this whole person and being able to express yourself. By the way, you know I think you do you're doing a beautiful job, and I love your sense of humor. So you know it. I mean, how wonderful it is to be able to giggle, you know, about these serious matters. But you know, yeah, and and you know, and and I think it would be so cool. I don't know if you're into. Uh, you know, the throat chakra, but just to give yourself like talking, talking to your ancestors, you know, and calling on them. And, you know, by the way, <laughs> you remember, I think it's that story, um, Our Town. Oh, yes, of course. We even did that mm-hmm. show. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember that? Um, and, mm-hmm. and like, you know, the people on earth are doing all these stupid 3D mundane, you know, mm-hmm. stuff. And, you know, <laughs> and then all, you these, go. Yeah, and all these people <laughs> in heaven are looking down and they're, you know, they got their hand, you know, scratching their heads. It's like, when am I going to get mm-hmm. it? And all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and you, and you talked about souls and, you know, and I wanted to refer to this um, wonderful astrologer and intuitive healer called Robert Ohato. And he, um, I think he, he either did a seminar or he wrote about the empathetic soul. And Mm. these are all characteristics that, you know, we come in with, but entering into earth's atmosphere in the last several thousand years, going back to um, mm, Aries epoch, I think it is. Now we're in the Aquarian. Um, Mm. So, like at least five or more thousand years ago, this energy, you know, it came in and and shrunk our, you know, it's like condensed our our sensibility, our senses, 
therefore restricting, constricting, you know, our, our ability to intuit and to feel. And those who did got burned at the cross or God knows, oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. all kinds of things, <laughs> you know. So now, now uh, all I can say is whenever I'm around anyone who, you know, who, and I can absolutely love them, but when, when, they're, when they come in with something that I feel is contrary to a vision for the, you know, the a future of the life that we want to create, co-create, you know, mm-hmm. um, that, that I, now I'm, you know, before I probably even a year ago might hesitate, but now I'm like, Hey, wait a minute. You know? Cool. Do you do not go there? Not not around me anyway. You know. <laughs> there you go. Draw this, the line in the sand. You've this, got to. Like, this yeah. is yeah. yeah. This, this is this is our opportunity to mm-hmm. take take what's being given and integrate it and put it out there, and then there is an equanimity. Then there isn't any mm. superiority of anything. The rocks have souls. Everything has a soul. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) And your your great aunt. Okay. Yeah. You know she is a significant storyteller coming through you. I agree with you. I totally agree. And And whoever you brought in too, Donna. It's so beautiful. Yeah, just hearing you talk, it's like, I was wondering, you know, since I mean I have Ashkenazi Jewish ancestry as well, Mm. but it's distant, and I have. I think I know we're all related because of endogamy, but I thought it's almost like you're one of my relatives, you know, the fun ones. And it's just, it's it's really interesting. I mean, the way you're talking and everything and, and Adam, I thought right away, uh, Mm -hmm. just, uh, I I don't know. It's like, I know, I don't say that to all the people because Mm -hmm. my personality is more like Wednesday Adams in some ways people have said that. (laughs) It's just like, yeah, no, they said, I know that reminds me of, I said, I know who that reminds you of. Yes, me. But, but when Mm -hmm. I really connect with people, it's sincere. Mm. and um and i feel like wow and it's exciting and and this has been like i haven't been this nervous and excited to talk to anybody since forever oh, and it's wow. really just but it's wonderful i think it's wonderful and yeah. uh, because of who you both are you it's know, enlivening it's enlivening and oh, yes. and i'm oh, so God, yes. so glad you know it's like it, with the pandemic you know mm. yes it caused so much strife you know, mm-hmm. and but in my own personal experience, and I think in a lot of people, you know, it brought out this incredible um, mm, surrender to the unknown, and yeah. and then yeah. you know, and then allowing spirit to come in and and co-create with you. And I mean, that's exactly how it started with with Dr. Adam and I to do this mm, okay, podcast okay. because it's like wow you know let's do something with what we've mm-hmm. worked on for many years and wow. and let it evolve oh. and mm-hmm. and by the way mm-hmm. that wasn't that's another enlightenment i guess um that has come to me because a lot of people are talking about loneliness that mm. you know mm. it's like being in your own little bubble being in you know even even in in a massive situation um Mm -hmm. that the sense of community is really blossoming Mm. and it's coming Mm -hmm. through the airwaves like the old radio days when roosevelt oh yes oh yeah you know would have his fireside chats Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and it's and then the listening 
you know, it's like um, something's going on with the power of the sun and whatever planetary positions are in, it's improving our ability to, to hear and be receptive and listen, take stories in, process them, relate and, and, and have the sense of community and, you know, be wherever we are. It doesn't matter where we are, you know, because we, mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. are all one, you know, <laughs> we really are all one. Yeah. No, this is, this is good. It's maybe why podcasts have become so, uh, I mean, the accessibility yes. is wonderful, but I think people mm-hmm. have really needed it, as you as you said, Donna, because we needed to connect that that was the thing that ultimately when everything was, was stripped away during the pandemic and, right. and some people, of course, had it a lot worse than, than many of us and, and so mm-hmm. on. So, But to, um, you know, this, this idea that I think so many of us for the first time had to sort of tolerate uncertainty and as humans mm-hmm. we don't often like that. Um, wow. But realizing ultimately, you know, what we value that, you know, life does, uh, and this is, you know, this is sort of a therapeutic bent, I guess, but this idea that mm-hmm. life does often involve pain and, and can involve suffering and so on, but keeping in mind and committing to living life in line with what you value and what is important to you. And I think in many ways that kind of heightened that. I think in day-to-day life, we often don't have to think about those things. We're doing, doing, doing. Um, and many of us had to stop. And all of a sudden it was like, well, what what does this all mean? And what do I want to do? And, you know, we mm-hmm. saw so many people quit jobs and it wasn't necessarily to go to a better job, but it might have mm-hmm. been going sideways because they wanted mm-hmm. somewhere that aligned more with their values and what was yes, important right. to them or, you know, spending time with family or you know ultimately what do we value and i think for us it was very much around connection so that was a really important thing it's Mm. so beautiful and you know and then this whole concept it's interesting that um when i moved to the big island in 1995 i moved to this little tiny town with 3500 people Mm. um i had never lived in such a remote location (laughs) And so it was just in kind of in the beginning of internet. And um, Mm -hmm. so Jared has, he's much more tech than I am, but um, Mm -hmm. I just didn't want to feel cut off from the world. You know, like some people want to go live on an Island and get away from it all and forget Mm -hmm. about whatever's Mm -hmm. happening, but I didn't want to do that. And so he started my, uh, what do you call Facebook? Mm. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. Cool, Jared. You know, when we had the opportunity to incorporate some of the people that I've never met and but sometimes mm-hmm. I've communicated with and right. and the idea of getting to know different individuals, Adam, wouldn't you, you know, corroborate with me is like everybody has a very valuable story to tell. And, you know, I'm just as interested in your story you know, as telling my own. And so, so it really enriches my life to um, have relationships beyond, you know, what, how it began. And, um, and so I really value, you know, this, this, this little uh, Mm. technological way of connecting, um, you know, just feeling closer, not feeling, Mm. you know, like, feeling um i've you know just like you said suddenly you feel like family and um Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. such a warm and cozy feeling and boy we you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. i think it's a good exercise to go out in in your community and see how much eye contact you make absolutely true and see see what kind of 
you know, if people are willing to look you in the eye, not, you know, in a forceful way, just. just. <laughs> Donna, it's, this is Minnesota. You got to be careful doing that here. You just kind of look up and down real quick. You know, you got to like too, Fargo. Well, yeah, you know. It's too cold. Well, listen, my son. It's my, too cold, yes. My son went to school at, um, oh, what's it called now? Oh, he was in St. Paul. Um, oh, really? Yeah. He, for five, five years at the Liberal Arts College. Um, McAllister. McAllister. That's just just a couple blocks from where we live. Oh well, the Mississippi River is right there. Yes, ma'am. And yes, that ma'am. beautiful island down the middle of that main road with all the gorgeous trees. Oh, I'm yeah, very. That's, that's our neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, one year. How I about visited, that? I know. One year I visited my son in the fall because I wanted to see the trees. Ooh. Of course, I wanted to see him, but um, <laughs> I took my boots off and and I thought, Uh-oh. oh, the sun's shining. It's 80 degrees. I'm gonna walk on the grass barefoot oh, oh no it's freezing <laughs> did we learn something there donna yeah, it, yeah it's, <laughs> death could ensue from this place you got to be careful because it's just like oh wow that's well, that's incredible well his well, skin hey, i'm he, not kidding come visit sometime he, uh, I, I i i don't know if i'm going to be traveling much these days i was supposed to go to adam's wedding in australia and Oh, it's oh, just congratulations. Yes. Thank you very much. It's coming up almost a year. Thank you. Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah, well, we've still got there's wedding, there's wedding cake, there's the top of the Ooh. wedding cake, the fruit cake in the a freezer. Waiting. Um, oh, wow. To keep that and we'll waiting see how for you. it's kept over a year. <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> right. That's the tradition. Well, it was so daunting. You know, that I, I was going to do it. And then Jared, my husband, was like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you can't do it. It, 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 it. Too many hours on a plane and airports and there oh. could be delays. And then I, he just knows how I am. And, and mm-hmm. he said, mm-hmm. you know, you're just going to be a wreck. And, you know, and I, I, don't, I don't know how you're going to travel. So we haven't traveled. <laughs> uh, That's, okay. That's okay, too. Quite yeah. a few years. I would look mm-hmm. forward to, to beginning that process. Haven't been to an airport in woof, very long time. No, same here, same here. But yeah, out of necessity too. But yeah, we don't really, we have too much going on here. So yeah, it, it's fine. So it's who's we? Who's, who's we where you are? Oh, my partner. My partner is actually, um, she is, her family's from Calabria, Adam. Oh my goodness, yes. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> There's our it's one of those families, I'm, yes. <laughs> I am, my family is Calabrian. <gasps> oh, yes. what? Okay, Ma- Mangon, Cosenza. Uh, we we are from I, I know exactly where that is. We are from uh, Reggio <laughs> and Catanzaro. Okay. Um, oh, okay. And you must tell her to read. There's a book. I don't know if she's come across it called "The Seven or Eight Deaths of Stella Fortuna." It's kind Ooh. of a, a um a fa- it's an it's a it's a family saga as well, but it's a family saga set in Calabria. So, oh, um, nice. yes, well, and it's all about her. all the stuff she'd understand, like all the. Um, Donna, I think we've spoken about this, the uh, malocchio, which is like the evil oh, eye. Oh, I knew you were going to say that, believe me. <laughs> I, knew, I knew. No, she she went, yeah. And I was thinking of Donna's one episode where her mother cast the eye in her direction. Oh. I thought, oh, my God, it's malocchio. Mm. And I have those bracelets that I wear because of this Italian thing I've got going here, you know. Yes. Italian, the, uh, Eastern European thing. Yeah, yes. there's a, um, Donna, there's a, uh, either you can wear a, a bracelet or a necklace that's got a, what looks like a bull's oh, uh, horn. So it almost looks yeah, like well, yeah. I've got a little tiny eye, and it just it, yep. you know, and you do the yeah. fat, 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 you know, yeah. I, 
I, I'm I'm honorary Italian. We love our Italians. So okay, well you did the cha cha cha. I've I've been doing the cha cha for a long time. One step back and two steps forward. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we, no we, I, fortunately the energy has has really you know I've I don't know what's going on here, but there's like a vortex of energy that's uh, in hmm. kind of insists upon letting go, letting go, oh. letting go, letting go. Mm-hmm. And as I say, mm-hmm. you know these um these experiences that that you you know i'm going to bring it up again you know i i think that this um well it's not me but i agree with those that say that generally the um, population of this planet is suffering from immaturity and oh gosh yeah yeah. (laughs) and so so immaturity to me is you know falling back into blame and not taking responsibility and mm-hmm. you know, and, ba- and baby, we have to adult up, you know, so yeah, that so that, so that we can be, you know, all who we really are, and mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and embody that. So. <laughs> and how did you two meet, Natalie? How did how did uh, your Calabrian? Uh, oh, the Calabrian. Calabrian well, you know, it's oh. the perfect, and she is a well-known, incredible artist who's done like massive sculptures and and all sorts of just incredible things. And she's now a podcaster herself, but she's oh, had wow. kind of a, yeah, she, I mean, she's good. She really is good, but Italian, you know, she also reminded me, yeah, what do you think? You know, but she's- it's too bad podcast, she, we can't see us moving with our hands because that's all we do as, as she's, Italians. Oh, you know? she, well, she's like, she does hers, you know, with, with video, which I just, ah. ugh, you know, I just have to put a camera up here. But I, since I'm generally just talking to myself with, you know, there aren't that many people who are alive that I, you know, can really talk mm. to about this, but mm. I've had a few and, but she interviews somebody, but she's doing like a storm chaser. She did one of our friends, um, sisters who, who passed away, she was a, a Hennepin County court judge and she changed family law and she kept practicing with all these brain tumors and everything else. And she mm. kept being joyful and mm. doing all this stuff and putting good into the world. And so we just did, you know, his, he, she, just, yeah. she just did his book. And so she gets some fascinating people and she's actually, you know, she's Italian, Adam. So she's fascinating. And um, and it balances out my, my Eastern European stuff. She said, oh, we're not going to have that cabbage in this house. Nope, put that sauerkraut away. So it's just like, <laughs> I, I am forbidden <laughs> to have my, my, I grew up with this food. So my pickles and my sauerkraut have to sit in the studio and do stuff but she's but she's an incredible incredible person and and we've been together for over over 25 years and of course obviously one of the reasons why why i had to kind of separate from my family was because they didn't treat me so well early on and i thought i deserve better okay Mm. and so that was a lot of it so to have somebody from my bloodline kind of reach out Mm-hmm. from the dead and just say hey kid you belong with me we're good beautiful yeah see yeah the dead care that's okay yep. so that's okay you you have evolved <laughs> you have definitely evolved and thanks donna congratulations my love and yes oh, if you. i'm ever up your way i will de- and and oh, if you're ever down us. our way for goodness sake if you need to yes. get out of the cold yeah. let me know <laughs> and well no we're i'm used to we're used to to suffering but but i would love to and and <laughs> That sounds very. I have enough of my mother's way. Lutheran stuff too. So it's like, oh well, we don't deserve yeah. anything anyway. It's just like we're gonna be dead anyway. I know, so complain. I know, complain. <laughs> yes. So no, it's it's been yeah. You guys are are, are lovely That's and wonderful. Um, so I'm glad to meet with you. 
Oh, well, you know what? Thanks for the generosity. I, I still can't believe I'm talking to the girl who can actually sing. I mean, it's just like, wow. <laughs> well, you guys are we are sending you tons and tons of love and to, Back you, at you. And to your darling. And um, we just, you know, let's just form a universal heart from Adelaide to St. Paul down here to Bisbee. And, and oh, is that where you are? Okay. All right. with a big kiss. Big kiss. Right back to you both. Mm-hmm. You can stay healthy, what both of you, okay? Mm-hmm. You oh, thank as you well, so much Adelaide. for joining us. That was that Thank was so you for fun. the invitation. You guys are the best. Thank Lots you. Lots of you. love, darling. Yes, love.